Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. What situation sounds more unsettling? One in which you're screaming, or one in which you're hearing someone else's screams? Tough call. Screams in general are meant to raise alarm, so regardless of who's doing the screaming, chances are it's rather unsettling. What about the less obvious, ominous sounds? Laughter equals joy, right? Well, not always. Especially when the laughter is unknown to you, and when the situation is anything but funny. Then, to experience the combination of the two, screaming and laughing. Well, that's just terrifying, isn't it? Don't worry. You don't have to experience it firsthand. At least, I hope not. But we do have some stories to get into. So, let's get started, shall we? This morning... I had the most frightening experience of my life. Just to put a setting in place, my room has my bed in the middle, against the back wall, directly in front of my closet. I woke up with a sweat around 2 a.m. thinking it was too hot. It's getting hotter in Australia. So I got up to turn on my fan. I felt paranoia, as anyone would, walking across the room at 2 a.m. But something was strange. Something was watching me. I don't know where from, but I didn't think much of it. I put quiet music on in my Google Home and went back to sleep. I woke up maybe 3.50 a.m. again, still sweating. This was strange, as I had turned my fan on. My music had stopped. My Google Home was showing the sign that it was trying to connect to the Wi-Fi. I realized I was too tired to move, so I shifted my eyes to the front of me to reveal my closet. And I saw someone staring at me with a flat expression. I squinted my eyes to see if I was seeing it clearly. But as I realized I was in reality and everything was real, it realized I was awake. A flat expression shifted to a large smile. I got up in my bed to get my fight-or-flight instincts ready, but by the time I lifted myself up, the noise of something falling came from my closet, and the doors closed. My Google Home reconnected to Wi-Fi and blared my music aloud. My parents walked into my room and said what's going on, asking what that noise was. I explained everything, and they believed me. We ended up moving my mattress onto the floor into my parents' room. Anyway, now it's been ten hours since this experience. I'm still in shock, and I'm confused. What if I never woke up? Was the sweat a warning sign? Why was my Wi-Fi disconnected from my Google Home and reconnected when the closet shut? If anyone has had a similar experience, please help me out. I'm scared to go into my room now. I know it could be me seeing stuff, but 
It reacted when it knew I was awake. So, something is not right. I work at a daycare, and I've never once thought something weird was going on. Today was different. I came back from my break, and the other teacher in my room told me that one of the kids was sleepwalking, which they've never done before. I thought it was weird, but laughed it off. Throughout the rest of nap time, an hour, five different kids screamed in their sleep, randomly, which never happens. And then one of the kids that sleeps the longest and sleeps like a rock sits up in their bed and was staring at the ceiling, wall, wide-eyed and smiling. The kid then puts their hands up like they want to be picked up and says something. Unfortunately, we weren't close enough to hear what they said. My coworker laid the kid back down, and for five minutes, the kid stared at the same spot, still wide-eyed and smiling, and then went back to sleep. I keep thinking about the kid putting their hands up and it's freaking me out. Does anyone know what could have caused all of this? Growing up in a small rural Vermont town meant that my household didn't have a lot of money, but we still shared everything we had with our extended family. That included letting my aunt and uncle and cousins move in with us when they got evicted from their house. Everything was just fine, until the crying started. For two years, from the age 12 to age 14, I had to share a room with my little cousin Katie. It wasn't all bad, since she was close enough to my age that she wasn't a pest. But I hated the blackout curtains we had to hang so that any outside light didn't keep her up at night. I loved seeing the moonlight filter through the screen in the summer, and I missed that once Katie moved in. It was the second year that they'd been living with us when the crying began. At first, I thought it was Katie sobbing quietly when she thought I was asleep, which made sense to me because she'd gotten dumped a few days before. I figured she just didn't want to talk because she was ashamed of being the one that got dumped, or she was just still too heartbroken. Over the next few weeks, however, I began realizing that it was coming from different places within our room at night. I couldn't understand why Katie was continuing to cry so much, and any time I asked her about it, she just looked scared and shook her head. I thought something else had happened between her and her ex-boyfriend, but she just wouldn't talk to me. I told my mom and aunt about it one night while Katie was out at her friend's house, but they just shrugged it off and said that we were going through a rough time. My slightly drunk aunt joked that Katie was probably crying at night because my fashion sense was so bad and that maybe we should try a nightlight if we were going to be such babies. I ignored her, and I decided that I was done with the whole thing. Things came to a head about a month after I talked to my mom and aunt. I was trying to sleep one night, 
my CD player earbuds lodged firmly in my ears when I felt a gentle tug on my pajama top sleeve. I removed the earbuds and I turned to face and speak to Katie, even though I couldn't actually see her in the darkness. What's up? Instead of an answer, all I got was a sniffle. And before I knew what was happening, Katie had crawled into my bed and curled up next to me. This was so out of character for her that I didn't even question it. I just gently stroked her hair. She quieted down after a bit, and I covered her with my spare blanket because she was so cold. I must have fallen asleep at some point, because I woke up to Katie moving around next to me. She leaned over, her soft whisper barely reaching my ears. Run. The one who caught me is coming for you. I had no idea what she meant. I felt her get off the bed, and then everything was still and silent again. I strained my eyes to make her out in the pitch-like darkness. But with the blackout curtains, I couldn't tell where she'd gone. Katie, who's coming? You're creeping me out. She never responded. A primordial growl sliced through the quiet, and a white-hot pain blurred my senses. I screamed as wet, warm liquid ran down my face, and a single hand snaked its way around my throat. I tried to kick out at Katie, but my feet didn't seem to be able to connect with anything. The air was rapidly getting squeezed out of my lungs, and no matter how hard I tried, it was impossible for me to tear free of this vice-like hand. I was about to pass out when my door was flung open and my father stood there. The hand had released my throat, and after a moment of catching my breath, I realized it was just my father and I in the room. He shouted to my mom to call an ambulance, and then he tried asking me what happened. I frantically begged him to search the room, but there was no one else there. There wasn't even a closet to hide in, and the window was locked from the inside. I ended up passing out from losing so much blood. I also lost my left eye that night. The doctors tried to blame it on a mixture of sleep paralysis, nightmares, and accidental self-harm. But at 120 pounds and no muscle, even my parents didn't believe that explanation. We moved out of the house immediately, since none of us felt comfortable there anymore. On the night I lost my eye, Katie came to see me in the intensive care unit as soon as her mom had picked her up from her new boyfriend's house. I was almost asleep in bed, and I remember her leaning over and whispering to me, her voice heavy with sorrow. I'm so sorry, cuz. I wish I could have been there for you. Even in my drug-induced, mostly asleep state, it struck me that her whisper didn't sound at all like the one that tried to warn me about the attack. I never had another strange experience again, and when we moved, I even got my own room. Since then, I never fail to make sure that there's some sort of light in the room, and on those rare nights when I hear crying, I 
always make sure to leave the house for a while. This is by far the creepiest and spookiest experience I've ever had. This happened at the school I went to in the Philippines. It was a Catholic one, but not the strict kind. To describe what happened, my classroom at the time is at the end of a hallway located on the first floor. Across from our classroom is our mini-library, where our librarian sat behind the door. Beside that library were the bathrooms for boys and girls. The girls' bathroom is bigger, with three stalls inside of it. The boys' one was an entire bathroom, without stalls. It's way back in 2003, and I'm in the third grade. It was the summery time, two or three o'clock in the afternoon. We had an ongoing class at this time, so I excused myself to go to the bathroom. I walked across the hallway, and I reached the girls' bathroom. Just a brief description of how the bathroom looked. When you enter, a big, dirty, scratchy mirror on the wall will welcome you. Beneath it was a clogged, dirty sink. Beside the sink were the stalls, three of them, made of soft aluminum material. The locks on the doors were broken. This is an important detail of the stalls. So when I entered the bathroom, I was the only one in the area no other students inside the boys' bathroom or the other stalls. All the doors of the stalls were wide open. I'm usually a scaredy-cat kind of girl, so I went inside the first stall. Since the locks were broken, I just held the door while peeing, so if anyone entered, they'll know I was there. As I was finishing my business, a sudden gust of wind entered the bathroom, and I felt someone, a presence, enter the bathroom. I waited for that someone to enter the stalls, but nothing happened. I was clueless, but I didn't think it was a ghost at first. But I heard the faucet in the third stall open, and water was flowing. I, without thinking too much, peeped below the cubicles. There was no one, no feet, not anything, just water flowing. I was too freaked out. I hurriedly fixed my uniform, and when I was trying to open the door, it wouldn't even budge. Remember, the lock was broken, so just a little touch would have opened it. But it was not moving. I was so hysterical that I was punching the door so much it had dents in it. I was screaming and crying, and really, really scared. I tried kicking the door, but it won't move. I screamed louder. My throat was getting sore, until finally my teacher and the librarian came to get me. They opened the door, mind you, without any force. I was dumbfounded, and they asked me what happened. I told them everything. They just stared at each other, and gave me a fine but worried laugh, and they helped me back to class. It was the scariest feeling I've ever felt because I felt helpless. I remember stories of other students seeing ghosts and such in that school. Some say that the schools were initially rice plains where salvage bodies were usually thrown. So, I guess that could explain it all. 
if it's true. Eighteen years passed, and that memory is still clear as glass. I hope that will never happen again to me. I have few stories left, but nothing beats this one. So, I have a story that happened to me a few nights ago. I couldn't sleep, so I was still awake at 3am, watching movies on Netflix. Then all of a sudden, I heard a loud scream. At first, I thought it was my neighbors, so I opened the blinds and the window to see what was going on. I couldn't see anything, only the other houses and cars. The screaming went on for five minutes. And I thought maybe it was a fox, but not quite. The screaming was too distorted to be an animal. I looked a little closer down towards the woods when I saw it. It looked like a fox, but it didn't have a tail and had almost human-like eyes. As soon as I spotted it, it spotted me. It let out one last scream before it went back into the woods. I instantly ran down to my door to get my cat inside because I wasn't sure if it would be back or not and I didn't want him to get hurt. Not even an hour later, the screaming was back. Only this time, it was closer and louder. I looked out my window again and there it was, sitting in the field, looking up at my window. It just stared at me and I stared back. It sat there for ten minutes before it heard a car and scattered off back into the woods. This morning, I asked my parents if they heard it, but none of them did. I have a feeling it will be back tonight, so I'm going to wait and see if it will be, and I'll be making sure to keep my cat inside. I don't know what it was, but I hope it never comes back again. Update. It came back again last night. It always seems to come at 3 a.m. and scream outside my window. It wasn't alone this time. It had friends. I don't know what it wants, but I know it can't be good. I'm just glad that I'm in a three-story building, and I pray that it can't climb walls. in Minnesota, in the U.S. There are all kinds of things that I've seen and experienced, and with that being said, I'm going to get into all of them. I'm a Pisces, and for those of you that are wondering, it's believed that Pisces are one of the closest zodiac signs to the spirit world, and I found this to be pretty true, at least for myself. Story number one. It was Halloween. I was out trick-or-treating with a couple of friends for their mom, I was approximately 14 or 15 years old. My close friend was about 12. Her brother was about 7 years old. Their mom was driving us to the nicer neighborhoods in the area, as they were a few miles from where we lived. We were at the last and one of the biggest houses in the area. Side note, the streetlights were orange in color and were spread about 15 feet apart from one another, leaving large dark gaps between the lights at night. 
so their mom had stopped the car, and I got out first. Immediately, I felt like we were being watched from the woods across the street. I walked around the car and let out my friend's brother. We walked up to the house, and I continued to look around. I noticed that we were the only people out and about in the area. My friend and her brother rang the doorbell, and I walked behind them. The people in the house seemed normal and gave us each the big candy bars. We thanked them and started walking back to the car. But I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. I looked around after I helped my friend's brother into the car. I got him buckled and I shut the door. My friend had already gotten into the car. I looked down the road and I saw two little kids in the shadows in between the lights. I knew there was something not right about these two. The kids appeared to be about five years in age by their height. I said, hello, and received no response. They stayed perfectly still. I asked if they were okay and still got nothing. I then said, if you're not bad spirits, step into the light. And they giggled, but they didn't move. I started to walk around the back of the car to get back in. I looked back towards where the kids had been, and I catch the shadow of them running into the woods, but they made no noise. I opened the car door, and I heard the giggles again, but closer. I jumped into the car and didn't even buckle before I yelled, Go, Mama, go! She hit the gas and didn't ask any questions. I explained what had happened as soon as we got back to their house, and each of them said that they didn't hear, see, or say anything after they'd gotten into the car. Story number two, I was at the same friend's house as the previous story. As I looked down the long, straight hallway, something in my brain kept telling me to look at the bathroom every time I looked away from it. No one was in the bathroom. The shower curtain was closed all the way. I looked at my friend and was talking to her, and I heard the shower curtain start to move. And as soon as I looked at the curtain, it flew open. I couldn't believe it. My friend and her family asked why I had a shocked look on my face. I explained what I'd just seen, and they, without skipping a beat, said, Oh yeah, that's normal. And they continued chatting as if it were just another day. I know this isn't the scariest thing to happen, but it freaked me out. Story number three. This has nothing to do with the paranormal, but serves as a reminder that you should follow your instincts. My mom's friend picked me up from a high school dance. We stopped at a gas station to grab a drink before going back to her house. We got out of the car to go inside. When we got out... A guy had asked us if we could give him a ride down the road to his friend's car. We asked where his friends were. He said that they had walked to the bars without him. My friend's mom said she'd have to ask her husband, as it was his car and she needed permission to let him know what she was doing. He agreed to let us ask him, but as we went inside the gas station, the guy stayed outside. When we got inside, we both immediately said that we had a bad feeling about the guy and we didn't want to give him a ride. She called her husband and explained what was going on, how we felt about it. He agreed, 
If we didn't feel okay with it, we can tell the guy that he said no and we had to go home immediately. We then got what we needed and left the store. The guy asked us if we could do it and we explained that her husband said no, that we had to get home as soon as possible. He accepted the answer and left us alone. A week later, we read an article in the paper about a guy asking for rides. The folks that gave him a ride would be robbed, and if they didn't have anything on them, he would stab them and run away. It was the guy we said no to after the dance. Story number four. I used to work at a gas station that's also famous for their food. It's popular in the Midwest. I would usually work the night shift from 4 to 11 p.m. I would walk home, about two miles. I would do this on my own, and I never had issues, other than a few times, where I'd feel as though I was being followed, even though I could never see or hear anyone. It's important to start off this way to show that I have no issues walking by myself at night, and I don't get freaked out often. One night, after I got home from work, I was just relaxing, when I figured a walk would help me clear my mind. I got ready and left my house. I walked around a park in town and started to walk a different route home. I was about a block away from my house when I got a really strong feeling of someone or something needing help. And immediately, my attention was drawn to a house built into the side of a hill. There was a garage built underneath the house, and there was a long, jagged staircase in front of the house to get to the front door. Next to the front door was a big bay window, which is where I felt the feeling coming from. There was no sign of life at or inside the house, but I felt as though there was someone banging on the bay window, crying and screaming for help, asking if I can just open the door so they can escape the house. I found myself walking toward the house, almost in tears from the overwhelming emotions. I then stopped myself as it felt like I'd run into a brick wall of darkness. I felt an energy that told me if I took more than one more step up the stairs, I would be hurt badly, if not killed, by the dark presence. I continued to stare at the house for about ten minutes, unable to leave, but unable to help. I finally heard a car a ways down the other block, and I sort of snapped out of my trance. I started to walk away from the house, but kept looking back. With each step I took away from that house, a feeling of hopelessness continued to grow. I walked past the same house thousands of times, both day and night, and I've never felt anything like that since, anywhere else or from that location. This was in 2016. This is a much longer post than I expected, so I'll end it here. I know many of you will be skeptical, and that's okay. I would be too. Okay, so I've been kind of seeing this girl from work, on and off for maybe a little over a month. It's 
still kind of early and we haven't defined anything about our relationship, but we do go out or at least communicate in person a few times a week. We're in different departments, so I don't get to see her as much as I'd like. When we get the chance to be alone, I like to seize the opportunity. So we went to a local festival and met up with some friends. All was fine in the beginning of the night. Then, when I went to get her something to drink from one of those vendors, I took notice to her talking to a guy. I'm not so insecure that this bugged me, but I did walk over and make my presence known. She introduced me to the guy whom she'd just met, and he didn't even acknowledge my existence. He just looked at her and said it was nice to meet her, and then walked away, basically shunning me with his eyes. After she got tired of the festival, she asked me to take her to get something to eat. We went over to this bar and grill type establishment where we met up with another couple that we work with. Lo and behold, as soon as we get our drinks, this same guy walks in. He sits at the bar in a seat that was really close to her. She was also able to confirm that it was the same guy. Now, I feel bad about this because the two that we met up with had made a few jokes at this guy's expense, but it seemed to be based more in nerves rather than trying to humiliate the guy. We made one final stop for the night after eating, and that was to get feminine hygiene products for her. As we were shopping at the pharmacy, the exact same dude walks in, but this time he gives me a very menacing smile. Dude gave me total serial killer vibes. As she's looking for her tampons, I'm like an aisle over looking at magazines. He just came right up behind me and stared. Tried to keep my cool and play it off as best as I could. When he started making me feel sufficiently uncomfortable, I started making my way over to her. After she checks out, we both leave and he decides that he's done shopping. I knew at this point that this guy was following us. Three times isn't a coincidence. She had made mention that he was following behind us. I held her wrist and guided her over to my vehicle. As I'm unlocking the car, he approaches her and says, Excuse me, but is this jerk bothering you? I couldn't believe what I actually just heard. She assured him that she was in no danger. I hate having to say this, but I figured this guy wouldn't take a hint without me being direct. I told him to leave her alone and to go away. He once again made no eye contact with me and just looked at her. He looked at her, almost like trying to look into her soul, and said, Why don't you leave the loser and come with me? He grabbed her by the wrist and tried pulling her closer to him. She pulled back but he didn't let up. I stepped between them and shoved him backwards. He bit his bottom lip like he was so enraged in such an instant. He lunged at me, but I caught him before he could make contact and I knocked him to the ground. He reached into his pocket, which is where I stopped playing around entirely and kicked the crap out of him with one kick while he was on the ground. I got in the car and we got the hell out of there. I drove to my house, where she stayed with me that night. I didn't want to drive her to her house and risk this creepy individual following her there. I felt better with her at my place. 
She mentioned wanting to file a police report, though neither of us have done this yet. She is okay. She was shaken up, but she seems to be holding up fine. I'd like to think that this guy had no malicious intent. I'd like to think that he was actually looking out for her safety, and maybe he was reaching into his pocket for a cell phone or something. I'm not an idiot, though. This guy seemed to have some serious problems, and for the record, I don't in any way condone violence of any kind, but I think in this case, it was justifiable. When it comes to protecting someone like her, I'm not taking any chances. Now to start this off, I'm a 29-year-old man, and three times a year I head up to the Georgia mountains to camp, fish, and have a great time. But after my last trip, I doubt that I'll ever go again. I had been super excited the week before I was to head up to Georgia, and when the day finally came, I could have died from happiness. I loaded up my dog buddy and all of my gear and started the trip. About an hour into my trip, I saw a road that I'd never been on before. I decided I would take an hour to look around and go back to the main road. I lost track of time, and before I knew it, the sun was setting. I grabbed my gear and buddy, and we hiked about ten minutes before finding a nice clearing in the forest. I set up camp and looked around my camp. I saw a small, man-made trail leading into the dark trees and decided that me and buddy needed a walk. I grabbed my walking stick, Buddy's leash, and a headlamp. We headed into the trail. I knew something was wrong when I couldn't hear a single insect or animal. Me and Buddy stopped at the little creek when I saw something terrifying. Two eyes reflecting from the headlamp. This thing was really tall, like six or seven feet, and the eyes were too big to be human. My dog is usually very protective of me, but instead of barking or doing something, he whimpered and peed on my leg. I've never seen him act like this before. He's seen bears before, and he's scared mountain lions away, but he's never peed like this. As Buddy kept whimpering, I felt terrible, like this thing hated me and it could rip me to shreds if it wanted to. Then... It made the scariest noise I've ever heard. It sounded like a maniac screaming. Me and Buddy bolted back to our camp. In our camp, I could still hear the thing. Needless to say, I was not staying here. I packed up the camp as Buddy stood watch. We ran to my truck and got out of there. I went straight home. I didn't sleep the whole night. Later on... I looked on the internet of what could have made that noise. Nothing even came close to it. I really don't know what it was, but there's something weird in the woods of Georgia. Thirty years ago, just after my 21st birthday... I purchased a set of wine glasses. I bought them because they weren't like standard wine glasses. 
They were a smoky gray color and had a very short stem on them. The gray color got darker as it went down the glass, and it was almost black at the base. They were a nice, thick glass with a bit of weight to them. Since my 21st birthday, I've lived in many places, and as so often happens in a move, things get lost or broken. By the time I moved to where I currently live, about 15 years ago, I was down to just one of those wine glasses. I was always very careful with it because I hadn't seen any others like it in all these years. After my daughter turned 21, she decided that wine was her drink of choice, and we often jokingly argued about who got to use the cool wine glass and who got to use the regular one. This went on for a couple of years, until one day we'd stopped at a dollar store to grab a few things, and I noticed on the shelf there were wine glasses that looked like the smoky wine glasses I bought 30 years ago, and they were only a dollar each. There were only three of them, so I bought them all. Although I wasn't entirely sure they were an exact match, but if they were, I'd have a set of four again. We were about an hour away from home and weirdly excited about our find. We couldn't wait to see if they were the same, and they were a perfect match. We washed them up, and that night, we both had wine out of the cool wine glasses and gave them a little clink as we enjoyed our wine and our find. About a month later, we decided to have a glass of wine, and as my daughter was getting the glasses out of the cupboard, she dropped one, and it shattered on the floor. We both looked at each other and laughed, grateful that we'd bought three instead of just one. So we didn't have to go back to arguing over who would use the cool wine glass. Not long after that, my daughter moved out into her own apartment. Busy with life, we didn't see each other much. So I decided that when she came home to visit, I would surprise her with a cool wine cabinet. And I'd have it stocked with loads of different wine that we could try together. After it was finished, I was putting the wine in there. And there was enough space to put the wine glasses in the front. I was thinking they would look nice in the lighting that I had installed. I went to get the glasses out of the cupboard, and there were four of them. I couldn't believe it. I began wondering if maybe I had dreamed that she broke the glass, and I decided I must have. Nothing else would make sense. I didn't call and ask her because I wanted the cabinet to be a surprise. She knows I don't drink alone and would be wondering what I was doing digging out the wine glasses as they're in the back of the cupboard. Not long after that, she came over and was impressed with my little project. And we decided that we needed to get busy trying out all of the new wines I'd put in the cabinet. She opened the cabinet, and seeing the four smoky gray glasses, she turned and looked at me with a weird look on her face and said, How are there four of them? I broke one. I told her I thought she had but I'd convinced myself I dreamt it because there was no other explanation. She said, Nope, I definitely broke one. It shattered everywhere. We were both confused and a little creeped out, but it didn't stop us from enjoying our wine. There are still four glasses.
friends, it appears we've reached the end of tonight's episode. But don't miss a brand new one every Friday night. And don't miss my other weekly uploads every Sunday and Wednesday. To everyone who's been playing along with the cipher at the end of those double feature videos, I'll be announcing the winners on Halloween. If you haven't gotten your guesses in yet, there's still time, and you'll be entered to win some exclusive Darkest Hour merch and art. So, head over there and check it out. I want to thank those who shared their stories, and a big thanks to all of you for listening. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to The Darkest Hour, and tap the bell so you never miss a thing. I sure do appreciate all of it, and I can't thank you enough. Huge shout out to all of my patrons who I appreciate so very much. Monica L., Zoe Watt, Shelly B., Donald C., Rat Girl, Alicia S., Aaron G., Nikki H., Mr. Revenant, and Naz K. If you want to support The Darkest Hour in other ways, consider joining my Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash thedarkesthour, or click the link in the description. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me, amandadarkesthour at gmail.com, or on the Darkest Hour subreddit, thedarkesthouryt. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.